You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Katie and I, my name is Josh, my wife Katie, we're the lead pastors here at Banner Church, excited that you could join us. Man, it's just been really cool what God's been doing at this church since we started back in November. So we've been here since November 5th and and uh, planted and just, man, it's so cool what God's doing and uh, Man, I'm, I'm excited for even more. Like we were saying, even the presence night, it was so cool because the power went out. We kind of gave everyone a break. Like, hey, if you want to head out, great. And we waited like 15 minutes. And then at some point, we're like, all right, well, let, we can't go anywhere because it's literally the sky is crushing the earth. So <laughs> let's just worship. And we worshiped. And I, I just want to affirm you, if you're one of those people at, at the presence night that we prayed that God would break fear and anxiety over you, I just want to affirm you that you continue in that journey and allow God to just continue to do the work he's done. Don't fall back into where you were. Just remember and kind of remember the promise that God did. And if you need like another encouragement, come on the 22nd. Let's pray for you again and, and just continue to believe. We believe God has broken that over your life, but I just want to keep standing with you in that. And so uh, we joked this morning that you can tell how popular a church is by its Sunday attendance. You can tell how popular a pastor is by its Sunday night attendance. We don't have a Sunday night service. And you can tell how popular God is at a church based off its prayer meeting attendance. So if you want to be a part of the movement of what God's doing, I encourage you. Thank you. It was great, man. We had like almost 50 people there. It was fantastic. So Love it. But we're talking about this series, uh, this new series called Meant for More, going through the book of Jonah. And at Banner Church, we love to go through books of the Bible because it's the best, right? (laughs) Like, yeah. Like, the fact that that's groundbreaking is, you know. Anyways, but we love to go through books of the Bible. And so uh, we're going through this series called Meant for More through the book of Jonah. Uh, When I was a kid, I didn't want to be a pastor. Shock. I didn't really know any. I didn't know that was a thing you could become. I thought you had to be born into it. It's like uh, kings or queens. I wasn't really sure. Didn't know the system. And so I wanted to be a soccer player. And everyone's like, I could see that with your build, of course. Uh, (laughs) I was in shape once before I got married, had a kid, you know, all these things. Dads, you know what's up. Uh, We used to be so strong. Uh, But I wanted to be a soccer player, and I worked really hard to be a soccer player until in my late teens, at the the end of high school, I felt God calling me, and that's a long story for another day, but God called me into ministry, spoke to me, called me, and said, here's your purpose, here's where I'm calling you. But even beyond that, it wasn't just calling to a job, it was like calling to him. And I felt like God was calling me into his presence, into discover who he was. I kind of like knew him, growing up knowing about him, but really to call in. And it was, it was like, Josh, you're meant for more. And so uh, I started getting involved in ministry. And I don't know if you knew this, but there is no such thing as a perfect church. And when you're a teenager and no one teaches you that there's no thing as a perfect church, then all the mess of people you associate to just being the mess of God. And you kind of miss it. And you're like, oh, yeah, turns out people are just super messy. and We miss things and things happen. That's why I like this church because even though we're messy, we're still honoring so we won't hurt you. Uh, but we still uh, love and care. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's it. I knew I was meant for this, but I don't think that's it. That's not the road I want to go on. So I went to college, and I studied to uh, studied architecture to design churches because I thought, right, well, it's not really what I'm meant to do, but it's close, and if I'm doing something, God can't blame me, 
right? Has anyone kept, have you ever kept yourself busy in the hopes that like your busyness would substitute for your calling? It's like, if I just do enough good stuff, then like God will be like, yeah. But I, I was still missing it in my life because it was like, uh, there was still something about me that was meant for more, not just vocationally, but the, in the totality of my being, I was meant for something more than what I was doing. I was meant for more than the busyness of my job. And I loved my job. I got paid more then than I do now. Like, I loved that gig. It was a great gig. And, and, and I realized in that moment I was meant for something more. And I wasn't doing what God had built me for. And I had to make a choice because God, in my, in my time of prayer, spoke to me and said, you're meant for more. Not that this is bad. Not that the people you work with aren't, aren't meant for this. Some of them, this is their call. This is who they're meant to be. But what you're doing and how you're living and the amount of time you're in my presence and the amount of my love that you realize and the amount of understanding of the depth of the riches of the goodness of God, you're not getting it. You're missing it. And it's so close, but you're meant for more. And I had a choice. And it was this. It was, am I going to choose to step into what I'm enjoying now Step into what I'm doing now, or am I going to choose to step into the will of God? And we kind of all have this choice. In just a moment, everyone downstairs is going to scream a memory verse. So if you hear them all scream, parents, especially if you're new, don't freak out. <laughs> They're fine. They're just learning about Jesus. <laughs> I, I believe Spider-Man's down there now in Wonder Woman, so they're probably just going ham. Uh, but they all have a choice, and, and when God calls us, when, when God chooses, when God says there's more, we all have a choice. And here's something I want you to hear me say this morning before we jump into the scripture, is that everyone was built on purpose for a purpose. And I don't know if you knew that this morning, but you were built on purpose for a purpose. You're not a mistake, you're not an accident. And, and the totality, the, the completeness of our purpose is found in the presence of God. The fullness of his love and the recognition of our salvation, the summation of our identity, the, the, the clarity of our purpose and our mission, the direction of our days. All of this is found in the presence of God. That we were built on purpose for a purpose, but that purpose is found in the presence of God. But when it comes time, we all have to decide whether, we, you know, even if we're over here doing some good stuff, we like the things we're doing. But if God is calling us for more, if, if we're really meant for more than we've ever seen or ever imagined in his presence, if we're meant for more, we have to decide. And this morning, some of us have to decide, will we step into it or run away from it? And that's what makes Jonah fascinating to me. See, we all like a hero, but we all love a train wreck. Right? <laughs> Reality TV has taught me something that heroes are great and we love them, but we love train wrecks. I mean, like, love it. Um, I didn't grow up with girls in the house except for my mom and she didn't watch this, but The Bachelor has become a thing that I now see randomly. In, and I have to say, it's mesmerizing. Guys, listen, I know you're going to judge me. I also watch football, baseball. I watch all the, you know, all the other stuff. But I'm telling you, The Bachelor is mesmerizing. And here's why. Because it is one hour long train wreck. <laughs> and none of them realize it. <laughs> and so we love that, right? It's captivating reality TV. Some of you are judging me like, not coming back to this church. Um, <laughs> but if I were to be totally honest, Jonah is a little bit of a train wreck and so am I. Anyone else here ever feel like a train wreck? Yeah, amen. We can be real this morning, right? 
Can we be real this morning together, church? All right. Well, let's pray, and uh, we're going to dive into Jonah and just see uh, if we're really meant for more, if we're going to step into it this morning. Let's pray. God. I thank you that we can gather here together to hear your word. I thank you that we can gather here together on this Back to Church Sunday, God. I thank you for every new person that you've brought in. I, I just celebrate with them uh, to be a part of this awesome community. I celebrate with our kids' ministry. And God, we just pray that this morning you would just open our hearts and transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we read, we're going to be in Jonah chapter 1. It's uh, for those of you who are like, where is Jonah in the Bible? It's right after Obadiah. I hope that helps. Uh, <laughs> Jonah's a minor prophet, and uh, I know if you brought your Bible, it's okay, look at the thing in the front, the index, no one will judge you. If you didn't bring your Bible, also no one will judge you, we'll put the words on the screen. Uh, but Jonah, for a little context, Jonah was a prophet, Jonah is a real person. Uh, there's a lot of debate, you know, is the book of Jonah real, or is it, you know, kind of a story? But Jonah was a real person, and the things of Jonah's life uh, are not only recorded in Hebrew text, but also in Assyrian text. That Nineveh, which we'll hear about in a second, coming to know uh, a monotheistic, a one-God religion, and shifting from their polytheistic, a multiple-God religion, is dated in Assyrian texts. It's dated in, under the reign of a certain leader. It's dated on a certain time in 810 BC. There's literally a date for when this occurred. So Jonah lived, and Jonah was a part of a group of prophets that served. If you've ever been in church, you, probably, you might have heard these names, Elijah and Elisha. So there was a time when Elijah and Elisha were like the guys, and so they had their third-string quarterbacks, and Jonah was one of those people who was studying and learning likely. And this is all based off of kind of these progression of the young prophets that are talked about and then in 2 Kings. So just context. Bear with me. Everyone sit with me? Okay. All this I'm just saying to say Jonah was a prophet. He really lived, and he'd been used before. And so where we're encountering Jonah isn't like fresh out in his first job. This is Jonah the prophet, established guy. In 2 Kings 14, it talks about the, what Jonah had done. Jonah is, is not just some random. Jonah's, Jonah's a real prophet, and he's one of kind of the earlier prophets in the succession of prophets that will come and keep telling the leaders of Israel and Judah, hey, time to follow God. And they are like, nah. And then people get taken over and things get wiped out. So Jonah is at like the front end of this movement uh, of prophets. And Jonah had a purpose. But beyond that, he had a profession. And his profession literally was to be a prophet, to hear from God and tell people, which was a scary profession. Because what it meant is hearing things from God that a lot of times weren't that great and then telling a guy who had all the power to have you killed. Who wants that job? Right? It's like, no, it's not a great gig. But it was his calling. It's who, it's who he was meant to be. And what's interesting is where we encounter Jonah is having a past of already sharing the word of God and sharing with kings. But how many of you know, like, it, your past doesn't matter when you're called now. It matters how you respond now. It matters how you respond today. Your past is great. It's important. It's, it's cool what you've done. But it, what matters is how am I responding now to how God's called? What will I do? So this is where we encounter Jonah. So let's read together. We're going to be in Jonah 1, 1. And we're going to read one through three here real quick. It says this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish uh, from the 
<clears throat> sorry. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to where? Tarshish, again, three times, away from the presence of the Lord. So it says, Jonah was called by God. It says, the word of the Lord came. When that means it literally is a clear, fresh light shed upon oneself, society, or nations by the living God. It meant to be drawn, when you got a word from God, it meant to be drawn into the presence of God to see from his perspective. So powerful, powerful, powerful moment, the word of God. He didn't just get a text. He was drawn into the presence of God to see the world from his perspective, the word came to Jonah. But it says Jonah fled. It says Nineveh one time. It says Tarshish, which is the harder name, three times. It says he fled to Tarshish. He got on a boat to Tarshish, and then he was with some people, and they went to Tarshish. It's like really emphasizing that Jonah was running away. So why does Jonah run? Did he just didn't want to do it? I mean, I kind of. But here's kind of more importantly, Nineveh is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Nineveh is the enemy of the Israelites, right? Uh, Nineveh is one of the capitals of the Assyrian Empire, the empire that will eventually wipe them out, right? So Nineveh is the capital of the people that they are already in conflict with. They're already fighting with. And so Jonah is called to bring a message of repentance to the people that wanted to kill his people and take their land, and, and I think we're hard on Jonah, but I got to be honest, I kind of get him. Because your purpose might cost you your reputation. See, Jonah knew if I share the message of repentance with these people and the message of God, God is good and he is merciful and he's going to forgive them. But I don't want him to forgive them. I want him to wipe them out because I also would like to continue living in the city. And I think even beyond that, if you go to an enemy city and help them to prosper and you come back to your city, what are you? You're a traitor. You're a traitor. His own people would have called him a traitor. If I talk to this person, if I do this, if I share this over here, then my crew is going to think that I'm a sellout, that I'm a traitor. Oh, how can you, how can you talk with those people? Like, man, you're, you're a sellout. And we put all these divides, not just nationally, but even, even relationally in our own cities and our own people. How could, you know, oh, if you're a Republican, how could you hang out with a Democrat? If you're a Democrat, how could you hang out with a Republican? They're just, everybody's so bigoted, right? You know, it's like this idea that we push around. How can you go hang out with them? Then when you come back to your people, you're somehow a traitor. So we don't go because we're afraid that if we go and we tell, our reputation will be compromised. What will happen if people see me hanging out with that person? What will happen if somebody sees me really living for Jesus and laying things down and they give me a hard time? I just don't even want to give me a hard time. And so sometimes our purpose will cost us our reputation. And so Jonah fled God's presence. And when he fled God's presence, he lost his purpose. Are you with me this morning? See, he's meant for more, but he flees. And he doesn't flee his purpose. He flees the presence. And when he leaves the presence, he leaves behind his purpose. And I like this, that he gets on a boat going from Joppa to Tarshish. 
And it's kind of this idea, like, I'm not following God, but I'm doing something. Oh, God, I'm going. Maybe I just misheard you. You said Nineveh. I thought you said Alabama. So I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do some work. And the reality of life is activity is a poor substitute for obedience. Right? Being busy is different than being obedient to what God has called. And I think it's interesting, too, that Joppa is a popular place. We did a series on Acts and talked about how Peter was in Joppa. And when Peter was in Joppa, he got a vision from God that the gospel was going to go to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And Peter gets this vision. It comes down, and, and he has this encounter, and these people come, and they invite him to come into the house of a Gentile. And, and Peter goes. See, both men were called, and both men were in Joppa. But one man decided to walk in the presence of God and the will of God and go into the purpose. And one man decided to flee. Both were called to people that they despised, and both had a choice. Are you with me? See, we've all been in Joppa. We've all been in the port of decision in our life. We've all been in that moment of him, I hear God is calling me. I hear that I feel like I'm meant for more than where I'm at right now, where I'm in, where I'm sitting in, what I'm living in, how I'm living, what I'm doing. I know that I'm called for more, but am I willing to get up out of it and go the right way or the wrong way? The port of decision. I know I'm meant for more, but look what it might cost me. So Jonah says, no, it's, it's too much. Peter goes, becomes the rock of the church. Jonah goes the other way and says no. And, P and Jonah's lost at sea spiritually. Lost at sea. Because fleeing from the presence will rob you of your purpose and will leave you feeling aimless. See, the compass of your life is the presence of God. It's the purpose you find in the presence of God. So he goes to sleep on, his sh on the ship. He's sleeping on himself, sleeping on his own purpose. Uh, I guess anyone over 20, sleeping on means missing it. <laughs> if you're sleeping on someone, you're missing it. Uh, I'm also over, so I had to look it up too, so don't worry. It's fine. I heard, I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I looked it up. Don't worry. Um, but let's read together Jonah 1.4. It says this, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give thought to us and we may not perish. See, God tries to send a storm to get Jonah's attention, and here's why, is that Jonah is called by God, but he goes to the port, and I have to think, again, it's, this is really reading into it, but it's basing it off his character, that when he gets down to the port and he finds this boat going where he wants to go, he thinks, yes, providence, well, God must be here. And how many times what happens is we mistake the convenient for the calling, we know we're not walking in it, we know we're not living for what God's called us, but then we find something convenient, we're like, oh, thank you, God. Right? This happens, I remember, <laughs> into a ministry with dating all the time. Is you just have this, like, on fire, like, young gal. <laughs> She'd just be, like, just rock solid. You're thinking, this person's going to save the world. This is crazy. And they would just be on fire. And then they'd meet this guy. And he's so convenient. Guys, you never want to be labeled as convenient, <laughs> young men of God. 
And he's so convenient. She was on fire, and she was going, and she was living, and she was living for her purpose. But she's like, oh, yeah, but I love it. I just feel like God's brought him into my life. Like, really? Because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't work. He just plays Call of Duty all day. Like, all he does is just lives his life. Like, come on, girl, you're meant for more, right? <laughs> and it's like, how many of us will, will abandon? I'm not, I'm not making fun of Call of Duty. If you play Call of Duty, just do your thing. Live your life. I'm not, you know. <laughs> but you all know what I mean. He's like, we will abandon the calling for the convenient. And so what Jonah does, he's like, great, a boat, perfect. God, thank you. And God's like, what are you talking about, man? Storm. And so G Jonah is sleeping in the storm. And in fact, the language it translates suggests that the reason they found him sleeping in the storm is because he was snoring. When it talks about the deep sleep, it's the kind of deep sleep that would involve snoring. And, and it blows my mind is that Jonah was sleeping on his own purpose. He was about to die while he was napping. And he, was, he missed it because he had so compartmentalized his life that he missed that he was meant for more by God. And so God sends the captain, and he uses the same language as verse 1 and verse 6, and says, arise and call out against. And then the captain says again, arise and call out against. See, some of us, God will, will begin to speak to you and begin to reveal to you and say, hey, you're meant for more. You're meant for more. Come on, believe it. Get into my presence. You're meant for more. And we're like, I don't know. But then sometimes God will send a messenger. For some of you this morning, I'm a messenger, and I'm telling you, like the captain, I'm kicking you awake like you're sleeping on your purpose. God's got something good for you. He's got a great calling on your life. He wants to give more of his love, more of his affection, more of his purpose, more of his vision, more of a dream in your life than you could ever imagine. But God's sending me to kick you awake and say, arise, Call out to your God. Jonah 1, 7. Let's keep going. Everyone still good? You with me? Amen. Jonah 1, 7. It says, and then they said to one another, as the sailors talking, come let us cast lots that we may know whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lot, and the lot fell on Jonah, who's now on the boat, a little groggy, a little sleepy, death storm. And he said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Just follow me here. Hear these. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. And the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. It's the big things in here. Jonah goes on the deck, and the men ask him, they say, what's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? What people are you? And Jonah answers all of those questions except occupation. Because what was he? What was he? What is he now? Eh. What does a prophet do? He takes the word of God and takes it to where he told him. He's just a dude on a boat. <laughs> He's jobless. Yeah, he ain't got a job. That's right. <laughs> He knew his purpose and he abandoned it. And what happened was he became aimless. And so now, as before, Jonah was a prophet, a man of God, full of the power of God. Now he's got nothing and he's facing a storm. And he's got no power. He's full of shame. He doesn't even tell them. It literally says he told them, I'm fleeing the presence of God. Y'all should be afraid. And Jonah 11 through 12, it says this, 111 through 12, it says, They said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? Uh, for the sea grew more and more uh, tempestuous. Tempestuous? Close enough. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. He said it more like this. I'm going to say it kind of like he said it. 
pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it's because of me the great tempest has come upon you. It was all sad. He said, nevertheless, the men rode harder. See, have you ever felt so far away from your purpose that you just want to give up? You're like, man, just wing me into the sea. Like, honestly, like, if the last thing I can do is leave you guys a, just, like, a lasting effect, like, just, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I don't say that jokingly. I say that all serious. When you just feel like you're so far, you're so lost at sea. See, for our loved ones, distance makes the heart grow fonder. For his presence, distance makes the heart grow darker. When we get farther from his presence, farther from our purpose, farther from that, the love, the life, the hope, if we don't get more longing, we get more depressed. And so he gets, he's eventually on this boat. He went from preach, speaking to kings, giving them all the purpose to just throw me in the water, guys. I mean, that's a jump. And the sailors say, no, we're not going to do it. Verse 13, it says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Someone correct me later if that's wrong. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, oh, Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. Mind you, who has prayed on the boat so far, sailors or man of God? So far, sailors. And it says, you have done it as you please. So they picked him up, hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased its raging. Then they feared the Lord exceedingly. They offered sacrifices and made vows. I'm going to explain kind of what happens to Jonah next. Uh, it's really awesome. We're very excited for next week. But there's an important thing happening here in Scripture. There's something so, 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 so important that I don't want to miss it. We love the part with the whale, and it spits him out, and it's like a whole thing, and we like that. How did he survive? Is it real? That's great. But there's something so important that's happening here when it comes to purpose. And I think it's best seen in the life of Paul. So I just want to read one more chunk of scripture this morning, and it's this. Acts 27, 18 through 25. It says this. This is Paul. Paul is a prisoner on a ship. It's on the way to Rome. Look at his response. Same sea, same kind of storm, same situation. Here's Paul's response. Psalm 27, 18. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands, the sailors. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. It says this, since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up. This is like a movie. Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not set sail from Crete and incurred injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the gods whom I believe in whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who will sail with you. So take heart. Men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Jump back to Jonah. Guys, just throw me in the sea. Jump ahead to Paul. Take heart. Right, it's like a movie. He's standing. He's commanding. He's on the edge of the ship like, yeah. And all the sailors are like, arg, or whatever sailors say. Avast. I don't know. It was, it's a different language. So I'm translating. That's the Hebrew. Uh, <laughs> Jonah's over here, throw me in the sea, I don't what does it even matter. Paul's over here, he's a prisoner on this ship. Jonah paid, Paul's a prisoner. Paul's like, have faith, stay strong. Same sea, same storm, 
Same kind of wooden boat. What's different? What's different in these moments is that your purpose is found in his presence. And that Paul knew his purpose because Paul knew the presence of God. And that when Paul stood in the storm, he stood not as one who was fleeing or running, not as one who was doing busy idol work. Sure, Jonah could have gone to Tarshish and shared the word of God, but it's not where he was told to go. Doing a good thing isn't doing a God thing. And and Paul was standing doing a God thing as a prisoner. They should have looked at him and been like, man, get back in your cell. But you know what they did? They said, amen, let's do it. And they were inspired because Paul knew he's meant for more. Paul knew he had a purpose. Paul knew he had an identity. Paul knew it was rooted to him. See, Jonah fled from the presence of God, and he thought all that it was going to do was rob that city of the gospel, of the message of repentance. Not the gospel yet. The message of repentance. And yet what he robbed himself of was his purpose. He ran, and he lost his purpose. And now... Jonah faces the storm, and he might have still had the same charisma. He might have still had the same talent for speaking. We don't know. He didn't just lose his talents because he left. He was probably still a talented communicator and orator. He was probably very, you know, talented in that. But in this moment, he just looks like nothing. And he's just like, just throw me into this sea, guys. And, and we have this contrast with Paul who stands up in a storm and, and begins to call out the authority of Jesus Christ, the authority of our God. And the reality of life, let me tell you, church, is that storms are going to come. And just because you encounter a storm in your life doesn't mean it's because you're living in disobedience. I mean, Jesus told his disciples, hey, guys, cross, cross the sea, cross, you know, cross the lake, and uh, I'll meet you on the other side. And they cross following his orders, being fully obedient and encounter a storm. So just because you're in a storm, make sure that we recognize you're not being disobedient. Everyone with me in, in understanding that this morning? I don't want you to think every storm in your life, God's throwing it at you. But the question in the storm is, what will I do when the storms come? But I think a better question in the storm is, who will I be when the storms come in my life? Because it wasn't just what they did, it was who they were that decided the difference. See, we're meant for more in, because of the presence of God, not just because of vocation or a job or like, oh, you're really meant to get a raise. I'm talking about who you are in your core, who God has called you to be in his presence, the purpose of your identity and your life. And so when we get that, when we get in the presence of God, when we surrender, when, we, when we're obedient even when it's hard, when we follow God, we find this immense purpose that we can face a storm and it's unshakable. But see, what happened to Jonah left that and he lost the power to do anything about a storm. Jonah was a part of a select few of people who got to be on a boat, face a storm, and could have cried out to God and seen a difference. But he lost his purpose, so he lost the power. And I want to stand on the boat with the authority of Jesus Christ. I want to face my storms like I'm meant for more. Like this one's not going to take me. This one's not going to drown me. That I'm not getting hurled in the sea. That this is coming against me. But I got a purpose. I got a meaning. I got an identity. I might have lost my job. I might have lost my house. I might have had things come against me. I still might be sick and I'm still praying for healing. But I'm going to stand on the deck with the authority that comes from knowing that my identity is rooted in the purpose that comes from God through his presence. And I'm just going to say, have faith. I'm going to invite our band up this morning. I want to play that second. Can we play that second song? Because I love the bridge of that song. It's just so fantastic. So, so, so fantastic. 
I want to encourage you, don't rob your life of true purpose by letting disobedience tear you from his presence. At Banner Church, we just say, come, come as you are. But I love that we serve a God that doesn't leave us there. Even the most, like, accomplished, you see that person walk in, you're like, oh, man, they, they have, like, a worn Bible. They, like, really know what's up. Even that person, God doesn't leave them there. Still taking us more, 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 more. God wants more. We're meant for more, church. Banner Church, we're meant for more. We joke about it all the time. We love the space. We love what God's done. I mean, I love just like worshiping and seeing fear and anxiety broken over people's lives, but we're meant for so much more. And that doesn't come from our job. It doesn't come from just finding like clicking the right elements. It doesn't come from like really working up the strength or like positive self-talk. It comes from the presence of God because the presence of God changes everything. Are you with me this morning? The presence of God changes everything. It's where we find true love in the presence of God. In the presence of God, we find a love that no storm could shake or take. We find a love that, that covers all of our shame and all of our brokenness and all of our feelings like who could love us, who could know us, who would care for us. It's found in the presence of God. The presence of God is where we find hope powerful hope, real hope, that when we're leading our kids and we're like, I, I don't even, I'm just so scared about the future, and, and, and we're like, no, you know what, I hope in Christ, and I stand on his promises, and I stand on what he said, and I just pray over my kids, and I hope for their future, and I believe over their safety, and I look at Lucy, and I just say, you're gonna, you're meant for more, you're meant for so much good things, and I just want you to see the presence of God, because if you got a hold of it, it would change you, even at three, almost four. The presence is where we find purpose, and I'm talking authentic purpose. I'm not talking like, um, I, I like my job. I'm talking like real purpose in our life. Who am I meant to be? Can I tell you this morning, you're meant to be in the presence of God. And when you step into the presence of God, everything changes. That's the great thing. I don't need to know how you came in here this morning because God knows that when you encounter him, he's pursuing you right now. He's working on your heart. He's trying to say, don't you want more? Don't you want more? Don't you want more love? Don't you want more hope? Don't you want more life than you've ever seen before? Don't you want to see the miraculous in your family? Don't you want to see a mending where there's brokenness? Don't you want to see a wholeness where things are falling apart? Don't you want to see a freedom where there's bondage? All that comes from our purpose that's found in his presence. And this morning, he's asking some of us, you're at Tarshish. You're at the port of decision. And he's saying this morning, are you going to get on a boat and try to run away? Which, as we know from Jonah, doesn't work. I know from my life it doesn't. Trust me. We can talk all night about that. <laughs> Or are you going to step in to what he's called you for and say, God, I believe it. I'm meant for more this morning. I'm meant for more through you. You were created on purpose for a purpose, and you have a choice. Will I step into the presence of God? Will I walk in obedience with him? I know it's a word we don't like in our culture, but it's an important one. It's an important word. I know when I say it, you're like, ah, it's important. Will I walk in obedience with Christ? Will I say, God, I put you on the throne of my life? And I choose to walk with you. I've tried to be my own purpose. And it turns out when I lay in bed and I look up at the fan, I'm like, I don't know, something's missing. But when I step into your presence, I discover more. There's more. I'm meant for 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 more, God. Would you stand with me this morning? excited that you chose to come on this Back to Church Sunday, and I, 
I hope that you continue to come as we stay through this series because I believe it's going to be good and God's going to lose some things in our life and, and set some of us up just, just moving forward as a church. But this morning, you're at the port of decision. And at Banner Church, if this is your first time, we, uh, we like to do a response where you raise your hand or respond in some way. And we also like to do an altar response where sometimes we come forward. And what, what I believe is the power of boldness amidst uncertainty. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little afraid. I don't like to step out. I don't like to, to raise my hand or I don't like to come forward. But what I believe it says is God is calling some of you this morning. He's calling all of you, but some of us haven't quite made that. He's calling you this morning. Do you want more? You're meant for more. And all of these things, like I need purpose in my family, I need direction in my life. I, I can't stand up here and give you every answer. You know where you, where you encounter the purpose of your life is in the presence of God. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. That is the job of the Lord. When you come and you lay your heart before God and you say, God, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, I, I want you. I feel like I've been on the sea and I've been rocking. I've been floating and I've been distant and I've been gone. I'm done with that. Like, I want some more of this. I want some more movement. I want to stand up in my storms and be like, you can't have me because I have faith in who God is, right? We, we want that. And this morning, some of you, God's calling, will you make a decision? Will you step out? Will you come forward? And will you say, God, I choose to follow you. Maybe you already follow Christ, but you're saying this morning, God, I just, I want to lay everything else down. God, I know I'm meant for more, or I want to believe I'm meant for more. And I just say, God, if there's more of you to have, I want to have it this morning. Can you do this with me? Close your eyes this morning. I want to do one special prayer. All around the room, just eyes closed, head bowed, hearing, hearing my voice this morning. In this place, if, if you've never chosen to follow Christ, and you're hearing me this morning say, Christ loves you, he died for you, he went to the grave, was resurrected for you, so that you don't have to live in the death of sin and brokenness, but that you, you can live new, full life, and when the storms come, you have Jesus Christ there, who is the support and the rock that you're built on, where you're no longer living for yourself, but this morning you want to say, God, I live for you, God, I, I'm not living for myself, Jesus, I choose to follow you, I want to give you that opportunity this morning, if you've never said, or maybe you need to say again, God, I choose Jesus, I give you my life this morning, I choose to follow you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Just lift it up. Say, God, this morning, I choose to follow you. Lift it up high. Just lift it up high so our prayer people can see. Everyone else's eyes closed, but our prayer people just want to see. Have you made that commitment this morning? Say, God, I choose to follow you this morning. Let's pray. We're going to pray for specifically for this this morning. And just if you raise your hand for the first time, just agree with me. It's not special words, but we just agree. You're beginning in that path of following Christ and that you're going to enter in, that you're that you're going to enter into eternity with Jesus Christ someday. God, we, I lift up these people that raise their hand, and we praise you for them. We rejoice for them that they have made the decision to follow you, God, to no longer be dead to sin, but to be risen up in you, God. We thank you that your word says in 2 Corinthians that the old is gone, the new has come, that when you look upon us, that you don't see our sin, you see the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that though we might have been lost, we have been found, that we might have been in darkness, we are now in the light. And so, God, we just thank you in the name of Jesus, that in this moment, we choose to follow you. And for the first time, if you're here and you've, you've said that, you've raised your hand, just say, I choose to follow you, Jesus. And we believe that this morning. Can we rejoice just, just right now? God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you.
right, so you've been waiting. You've been waiting because you know I'm going to do this and have an altar. Because here's what I believe. I believe we prayed over this space this morning, not because it's like a special tile and that's not special tile, but because I believe God wants to do something in your life. That you've been waiting. You're nervous to ask because you're like, I don't have to decide. Don't wait till next week. God right now is saying, he's saying to some of you right now, will you choose to seek after me, to put me first? Do you want to see more? Do you want purpose? Some of you, God just says, if you want purpose, get in my presence. If you want purpose this morning, get in my presence. So I'm going to invite you. One, if, if you, you're just praying, God, I need an identity, I'm going to invite you forward. If you're praying, God, I, I need purpose. Two, I'm going to invite you forward. And three, if you're saying, God, I just want to get in your presence. I want more of you. God, I need more of you. I want my purpose. When I face a storm, I don't want to be alone. I want to be with you this morning. I want to invite you forward. Take that moment. If you want to say, God, I need purpose, so I'm getting in your presence. Make your way forward right now. Don't wait. I mean, I'm going to wait, but you don't wait. Come on, make your way. God's asking. He's saying, who's coming? Who's coming? Who's saying, I need purpose? I want to step into the presence. I'm believing for more of God this morning. Come all the way to the front. Come all the way. Just say, God, come on. Come on, make your way forward. Yes, God, yes, God, I'll ask God. We're going to wait for you. I believe God is calling some of you to purpose this morning, to move. He's given you a dream. He's given you a vision, and you've kind of backburnered it, whether by the storms of life or other things, and he's calling you out right now, and he's saying, come on, move into the presence and find the purpose. Come on, there's still someone this morning. I believe in you. I believe that God's working on your heart, and he's calling you out right now. He's saying, move into the presence. Move into the presence. You're meant for more, more than you've ever known, more than you've ever believed. And he's saying, come on, step into the presence. Step into the presence. Step into the presence this morning. Step into the presence this morning. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. If you're up here, just begin Just begin to seek him. You can stand or kneel or whatever you want to do, but just begin to seek him and say, God, God, I, I'm coming after you. I lay down. If there's something in your heart, lay it down to him. If there's something in your mind or your soul that, that's taking that position on the throne of your life, just lay it down and say, God, I want to get in your presence. And God, I want to... I want to find my purpose through you, my identity, not just my job, not just in my family, but in my being, I want to find my purpose. If you're in the audience, we're going to, if you're kind of back here, would you just reach your hand out with me towards the people in the front and let's pray together and believe together and then we're going to worship together. Can we sing that bridge? All right, awesome. God, let, let, just join with me and agree with me with our mouths and lift up your voices. God, we thank you for these people right here. And God, just by your power, we thank you that it is through your presence that we find our purpose, God. It's not through anything we work up. It's not through emotions. It's not through emotionalism. It's purely by your presence. It's purely by you, God, that we find the love that we're missing. It's purely in you that we find the hope when in hopeless situations. It's purely by you that we find purpose where there was no purpose, an identity where there was an identity identity crisis. God, where we find wholeness where there was brokenness. And so God, right now, I pray, God, for those people who had dreams and visions and who have, have felt them on the side. But God, right now, you're calling a mighty purpose. God, that they're meant for more. That they're meant for more. And so God, we lay everything aside and we step into your presence. We step into your